Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. And we are joined with a very special guest during this Halloween week. We introduce to you the very special and the very interesting Simon Ludgate. Welcome back to the show for the third time. Yes, Simon. Thank you very much. I'm honoured. You have got a medal as our most reoccurring guest. <laughs> Congratulations. You've got it, the award. It'll be out in the post. <laughs> be out Thank in the post. you. So, what we wanted to do today is we have obviously done a real mixed bag of episodes and we wanted to do something that wasn't a lot of research, that there isn't loads of historical fact and and science and stuff. Yeah. We just wanted to stick to some real good old-fashioned ghost stories, real-life stuff, um, a mixture of personal experiences, a mixture of things that we have heard, things that have happened to people we know. Be yeah. Because, as we always say, fact is, is scarier than yeah, whatever you could... Yeah, and fiction. Yeah. So, we are going to... It's campfire-esque. Mm. I'm bringing the camp. What are you bringing? <laughs> Fire. <laughs> Fire. <laughs> and I'm, and I, I'm, I'm bringing the, uh, the gallon of petrol. The gallon of petrol. petrol. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So who's going to start? Simon, me or you? Let's do a Wheel of Fortune. No, I reckon, I reckon, I reckon you should start. You told me the story mm. the other day. It's really, it's quite eerie and I think is a good place to start. Right. Set the scene, please, <clears throat> Vanessa. Years ago, I was working on a caravan park called Waterside in St. Lawrence Bay. What's it like there? Uh, very, very quiet. Um, bit, well, you know, I mean, just on the water. It's on the water. It's a pretty park. It's not all swinging and dancing with nightclubs and everything. But anyway, that's besides the point. When I was there, um, there was a workman there. And he came in to do some work on the park. He wasn't one of our usual... Um, staff he just came in to do some work now as usual I get talking to most people about ghosts or paranormal experiences and again this happened this day and I was talking to him about it you know about my experiences and now this man I suppose at the time was in his 60s to mid 60s he was was he, a that, was he that when you told us I in my head I pictured him to be younger but no, anyway he wasn't. sorry no he wasn't sorry um, to interrupt um, about 60 to mid-60s, he um, was a carpenter. And so his job, he would go around to people's houses and obviously do do work for them. Um, Bit of a chippy. Yeah, he was a chippy, as opposed to, say, working on building sites. When I, when I met him, he, he was doing work in people's houses. Anyway, this is a story he told me. He said, I'm in one of the upstairs bedrooms. He said, the ladies booked me to come in, a younger lady. She showed me the bedroom. I started doing my work in there. He said... After I'd been there, you know, a couple of hours, um, the door's gone and an old lady has walked in the room. She, she, she's walked in the room and um, she asked him if, he want, if he'd like a tea or a coffee. And he said, oh, yeah, thanks. I'll have a cup of tea or coffee, whatever he decided. Anyway, he said to me he felt it was a bit rude because he was actually sitting on the floor at the time doing something to the floor and he stood up so he could engage with, in a conversation with her properly. So he's talking to her. And, um, you know, like he says, we're having general conversation, you know, passing the time of day, talking about the weather. And he said we had a conversation for four or five minutes, you know, a polite conversation, which you would have in a situation like that. Um, anyway, so she said, OK, love, she said, I'll go and, go and get your coffee. She went back down the stairs. He carried on with his job and that was that. About half an hour later, he thought, well, I haven't got my coffee and he said, I actually thought it was a bit cheeky, but he thought, I'll just go down and just, you know, she might have forgotten or it might be on the side or she might have called me for the coffee and I haven't heard her for the drill, whatever reasons. So he went down and he said to the lady who'd employed him, the lady that lived there in the house, the younger lady, he'd said to her, um, oh, uh, is my coffee, is my coffee ready? And she's like, well, what, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you know, I've just been asked if I want a coffee. And she, she looked at him really confused and it, and and he said, I was a bit embarrassed because it was like she didn't know anything about the coffee and I'm asking for a coffee, which isn't really the dumb thing. So he said, no, the old lady came up and I had a chat with her and it was her that asked me if I wanted a tea or a coffee. 
And she said, well, there isn't an, there isn't an old lady here. He said, no, yeah, the lady who looks like so-and-so, so-and-so, I was just talking to her upstairs. She said, there isn't an old lady that lives here. She said, there's, there's no one like that lives here. He said, as he's turned round, he's looked on the mantelpiece. He said, that's her, that's her, a photograph of her on the mantelpiece. And said, oh, that's her, that's her. And she said to him, that's my mother. This used to be her house, but she's been dead over seven years. Oy. Now, he, he said to me, he said, I would not have believed anything about the spirit world at all. I was a complete non-believer. I didn't believe it. I wasn't interested in it. I didn't get it. I'm not asked about it. And he said, I'm telling you, I had a conversation with this woman over four or five minutes. I could see her clear as day. We, you know, we had a long, you know, we had a real human interaction, human contact. And yet she'd been dead for seven years. And he, That's crazy. It is crazy. And lots of people... We, we, this is why I, th I think that I, I talk to so many people because people have got stories that will never get to the media and that will nev they'll never go to the papers with and probably never even really talk about because of a man like him, certainly not something he's going to say down the pub because he wasn't that type of bloke. But it happened and it happened to him. So that is one of my favourite ghost stories. I think that maybe is quite a rare sighting as well for mm. something to be um, a, such a prolonged encounter. Yeah. And for her to be so full, and yeah. it's obviously an intelligent spirit to be yeah, able because to, she was engaging to interact the as yeah, well. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a a good go, and it it's a, it it frightens me a little bit because then it begs the question of how many people in your lifetime have you interacted interacted with, and quite innocent interactions. How many of them are potentially ghosts? Ghosts, spirits. Right, Simon. Next over to you, your first story, please. I just remembered something that happened to me um, almost 10 years ago, which I'd almost forgot, I had forgotten about. And um, just thinking about it now gives me the absolute shivers. I, I went to, um, I was invited to go and clear a massive house for a lady. Um, uh, who sort of engaged me professionally as um, a um, an exorcist, really, because she was having terrible problems having moved into this house. And it was a really big uh, Wiltshire um, house, probably built in 1700s. And she had been having really bad problems with her husband ever since they moved in, um, he was um, becoming really distant. Um, they were arguing. Um, their relationship started to change when they bought the house and when they moved in um, <clears throat> to the point where it had almost broken down irretrievably. And although this house was beautiful, it had the most sad... Uh, unnerving atmosphere and I went there at night I quite like doing it at night because it tends to be more uh, reactive <clears throat> and the lady wanted me to change the atmosphere of the house and find out what was wrong with it that was making it so gloomy and um, um, and creepy because she didn't like being in the house on her own um, uh, and was hearing voices, she thought, um, doors slamming, stuff scraping around, she could hear footsteps um, and she could hear um, the kind of the sound of armour and, and um, she'd some, sometimes hear horses and she'd hear armour clinking um, outside and she thought that people were riding up to the house and she did go riding. In fact, they used to ride out from the house and, you know, like ride around in the fields on the, on the, she kept horses. So she was never quite sure whether it was somebody who was out exercising the horses or whether it was um, a real, um, well, not a real thing, but a sort of like a spooky thing. She was never quite sure. But what she was sure of is that she'd quite often hear voices in the house when 
she knew she was on her own. It was just her and her husband and their children were, were away at school most of the time. And she was spending quite a lot of time in the house on her own, which is why she asked me to go in. Um, so I arrived and um, doused the house with my crystal, which is um, an amazing quartz crystal on a silver chain. It was made by um, an Indian sort of guru who used to, he was quite famous for making these things. Um, <clears throat> and I doused the house and uh, it was very active. I mean, like it, the, the crystal was spinning around in some of the rooms. And I went upstairs on my own. And I was I was sitting in a chair looking down the corridor at this sort of um, brick wall that was on an angle at the top of the stairs. And when I was looking at it, a fully formed priest came out of the wall and looked right at me. And, and when, when, when this happened, I mean, I, I thought that um, I was seeing something and then I thought that there was somebody in the house that she hadn't told me about. And it's really unnerving as Vanessa knows, um, when you see something which is fully formed like that, because you're not expecting it, you're not expecting it to happen. And when it does happen, it sends chills down your, it's like literally the hairs on your neck stand up and you can feel the hairs on your arms standing up and, and you go really cold and you get the kind of the fight or flight thing where you sort of think, you know, do I need to do something about this or should I just run away? <laughs> I mean, you know, and every time this happens to me, it catches me out because it's so unexpected. But I knew who he, I knew who he was. Um, I, um, it was almost like he was communicating with me telepathically in that moment. And he had, he had really kind of soft brown eyes and he was um, balding um, and kind of middle-aged and sort of quite round. But he had a really, really nice, kind face. But he looked very sad. And in that moment, I knew that he had been put behind that brick wall mm. with somebody else. And he, and he disappeared back into... I actually saw him go back into the wall and disappear. And he was telling me that he'd been bricked up there with... He was a priest who'd had an affair with somebody and they'd been bricked up by somebody and left to die, to starve behind this wall. And, you know, he's, he was, I'm sure he was still there. His bones were still there. And, and he and the spirit of this young girl, I could suddenly feel them coming through really, really strongly. And, and while this was happening, I heard this clinking. I heard this clinking of um, stirrups and, and like, swords and that, all that stuff that you, you you know if you shut your eyes and think of like a medieval army on horseback i could hear it coming around the house and it's, it's like it sounded like the hold of the local hunt was coming around coming around the corner of the house because so i could hear the horses sort of going and um making noises and their, and their hooves going across i could hear the hooves crunching on the gravel and um and, and again it, it's i started to sweat I, was, I felt really cold, but I, I started to pour sweat. It's a really weird reaction. It's just a physiological reaction. I think it's fear um, because I didn't know what I was going to see. Um, and I wasn't quite sure what was going on, but it, it, it felt like sort of my presence had triggered this. It sort of had opened a, a door or a portal into this kind of weird connection with, I mean, it must have been 500, 600 years ago. Um, and... I looked out the window onto the lawn and all these men on horses came around the corner. And it's, 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 it's so strange when this happens because you, you know, one minute you're driving up in your car, chatting to the woman, having a cup of tea. The next minute you're seeing a full on array of ghostly horsemen. But I mean, they, but they were solid and they came around the corner of the house and sort of stopped in a quite an orderly way. And, and it was, it looked like um, uh, something out of, um, what was his name? Oliver Cromwell, that sort mm. of time, like the 1500s. Um, and and they looked up at the window and they looked up at me. I mean, I, they weren't looking at me, but they just, they looked up. And it was like I was watching a film. Mm. Yeah. And um, um, it's it just, you know, time stood still and I could I, I couldn't. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't get my breath. I was literally holding my breath. And there's this moment where I just sort of felt suspended, like I was floating. And looking at them, 
And in this moment, and it's it's like, right, this has to stop. And as soon as I thought that, they're gone. All of them just gone. And um, and it's like sort of someone switched on the sound again because, you know, the sound of the grandfather clock was downstairs, the ticking and everything started to come back. It all come and back I also had this kind of buzzing in my head at the same time, which... which um, um, uh, I mean, I, I suffer from tinnitus, so um, I have it all the time. But it gets it gets much worse when I'm when I'm around a spirit, like to the point where it's it's almost definitely I can't hear anything else. And um, and that was it. I mean, that was the end. I mean, there's there's no sort of um, punchline to it or kind of um, yeah. conclusion to it. And then, I mean, I have to say that with these with these these experiences, the very very rarely is. It's just it's like a moment. You see something, you have a reaction, and you sort of think, I can't be seeing what I'm seeing. And then it stops. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Now, did, did the lady continue? Did you did you do a good job? Was she happy? Uh, yes, I think I did. Oh, there, were, there was actually a sort of a, an ending to There was a sort of a, a kind of a, something else to say about this, was that her husband was very, very sceptical about having me there. I mean, when I met him, he was extremely hostile. And when people are extremely hostile, it's usually because they're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, she she sent me an email about a month later saying, um, my husband made me swear that I wouldn't communicate with you again because a couple of nights after you were there, I, I, she didn't tell him, she didn't even tell him that I was had, had been. Um, but I, I, I had met him about a month earlier at a party and he was like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, really. Um, <clears throat> and quite, he was quite sort of aggressive. And um, a couple of nights later, they were in bed and he woke up screaming, saying, I've had this terrible nightmare, this terrible nightmare. I dreamt there were men in armour on the, on the lawn coming to get me. Um, here. And they were, they, were all, they were all sort of like wearing armour from the Middle Ages or something. Yeah. And um, and he was pouring sweat apparently, and and like gibbering because he was so scared because it, it felt so real, and I think that that was about guilt. Potentially, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, and um, so she said to him, "Well, this is what Simon told me. This is what happened when he was here," which doubly freaked him out. Because I just basically described pretty much what he what he yeah. dreamt in his dream, and he dreamt about the priest and the girl, and the brick wall and the whole thing all over again. Um, but she said that she said that after I left, the atmosphere felt much better anyway, and all the all the noise and the the, 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 the footfalls and the creaking and the rattling and the horses and everything stopped. And she said that after he had this dream their relationship just got much, much better again and they were fine and, and sort of everything was back on track and all the kind of the, the noises and everything stopped. So yes, it did, it did get better, but it seemed like he had to kind of Accept go through it, it as or, well for yeah. some reason. I think he's actually karmically connected to it. Um, he may have been the lord of the manor who put the bloke behind the brick wall, is my opinion. Um, but anyway, it's obviously something that was related to him as well. And after that, it all stopped. They got on much better. Happy days. Fantastic. Now, Freddie, your turn. My turn. Yeah, come on, Freddie. All right. Well, I've been I've been racking my brains. I've got a, I've got a little one for you. It's a very short one, and it's about a uh, a pub where we live that I used to work in. And um, if you know me, you'll be able to figure out which pub it is. And I can remember. Um, it was very active and whatever was this there... This is in St. Osef. This is in St. Osef. Um, it was very active and whatever was there was very, very playful. And I always thought of, thought of it as, as children. And I can remember that one evening there was a group that had been investigating the cage. Mm -hmm. And they had come over to where I was working for a bit of food. And I was just, I was being kind and just making conversation, general chit chat. And they said what they are doing. And I said, oh, goodness. I said, well, listen, can you tell me what, what do you, what do you feel about in here? What do you think in here? 
and they went on to say that they could sense and or see that there was uh, the spirits of a little boy and a little girl and that kind of confirmed yeah, to me yeah. so then they've gone back they've done whatever and i'm um at the this the sink in the kitchen and i'm washing up and i could hear you like children playing the the footsteps running past the the kitchen door and it's made me kind of jump and i've kind of frozen and i've I've looked round through the the kitchen door and i'm thinking they're going to run back in a second and you're kind of you're bracing and i'm bracing thinking it's going to come and it kind of it is that thing of everything really slows down and all the sound kind of drains mm. away and your senses focus on it, it, it's really heightened they never did come running past but what happened was is i've kind of in this moment gone to turn around and and go back and i look down and there's a hand coming from underneath the sink out and it grabs my trouser leg and yanks it underneath the sink <laughs> and then and I it, I, it was just complete shock because I was expecting something to come running back past the door. But they was being playful and mischievous and instead decided to come and grab me from underneath the sink. It was like they knew that I was, I was waiting for yeah, them to come there. Um, I think as well in, in that same place, there's been lots of things that happened. But one that sticks out to me is that after we had locked up for the evening, we had gone home. All the, we put all the, the rubbish in, the big biffer bins out the back, locked up and went. But there was a fire in one of the bins overnight. When they went back and reviewed the CCTV, and everything was locked, it was still locked the next day when they went back. But when they reviewed the CCTV, you can see, because it looks over the back door and into the kitchen, you can see a large ball of light make its way through the kitchen, because it lights up the kitchen, makes its way through the door. The door opens, which was locked, out the door, and it travels round to the bin, travels up, goes into the bin, and as it goes into the bin, flames come out of oh, the bin. Oh, how That's on camera somewhere, but that was just wild, yeah. wild to see. And quite interesting. I'm not... Yeah. To, I'm not, to, I'm that's, not am that's amazing. I mean, Vanessa, do you remember all that? We, we got lots of... Um, orbs and lights moving around in the cage didn't we do yeah. you remember yeah we did we got lo lots of stuff on film there yeah and and do you remember that the i think it was the first time i ever went there something scratched the back of my leg really badly and yeah. made it bleed remember that yeah i do remember yeah i took a, i took a picture of it and i had these scratch marks down the back of down the back of my leg above my um foot right right down low um, I, i've still I, 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 i've still got those pictures yeah, um, I, I've got I've got them somewhere, and and I also saw a picture of somebody else who went there not that long ago, who had exactly the same scratch marks. Do you know who that was? Place. That was David Mayhew. He was an investigator. Right. He was kind of the cage resident investigator for years. That's Again, right. Again, I was there. He screamed to the floor, literally, because he was a bit <laughs> a bit dramatic about it. Went to the floor, so, uh, clutching his leg pulled up his leg and it was bleeding it was badly gashed he still got the scar and it scarred his his leg and it was exactly the same a very similar that what happened to you but he it, it scarred him but he literally dropped to the floor ah pulled up his leg and it was badly bleeding yeah that quite must be the injury. same hand that was trying to scratch your leg freddie from under the sink well then these the two locations are very close they are very close right i've and got a, i've got an unusual one okay now, I've mentioned this before a couple of times on the on the podcast. Um, it was, I've never seen anything like it. I saw a ghost fox. What happened was there was, after I'd left the cage, I moved to Colchester. And then when I moved back from Colchester, I, I got a little bungalow on a farm. And the bungalow was haunted. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was quite an active place. And one night I'd, I'd had enough. And so I got Jesse. And I rang up mum, I said, right, I'm coming to sleep at yours. On the way, um, it was going over Pump Hill, so it's a little hill with a garage. There was traffic, so I couldn't have been going more than 15, 20 miles an hour because it was pretty back-to-back -back traffic. It was very, very slow. I might have even had stopped at, at the time when I saw this. I, I was probably stationary when I saw this, but in, in this traffic. My attention caught over to the, the, the fields on the right. I've looked over and I thought, God, that white fox 
running over towards. Beautiful white fox. Well, as I'm looking at it, it was running really fast towards me. And I thought, no, that's a white fox. But that white isn't an albino fox. It was shimmering. It was shiny. It was a fox of light, but in perfect detail. Now, I'm watching it. I'm transfixed. It's come through the field and onto the other side of the road. So you can imagine <clears throat> it is right next to me. And as it's coming across the road, it was just the most beautiful animal I'd ever seen. Just beautiful, beautiful. It was so sparkly and shiny. And as it got to my car, I um, <clears throat> braced myself. Again, I was only going very, very slowly. I thought, shit, it's going to run under my car. It's going to run under my car. But just before it ran under my car, it looked up at me and its eyes, I can't even describe them. I wish you could see what I saw, were like the sparkliest diamonds. I mean, but real amazing diamonds. And But the fox was solid and it was whole, but it was magnific magnificent with light and shimmer. I grabbed the steering wheel. So I've got Jessie in the back. Jessie's only, what, four years old, three years old, maybe thinking right brace yourself I'm going to hit this fox but by then I kind of knew it wasn't an alive fox as it went underneath my car there was nothing there was nothing I, I ran over nothing there, there was no impact there wasn't anything and then I realized which I kind of had done before anyway it was a ghost fox and do you know what I think happened at some point that fox had run from that field and got killed on that road and run underneath the car and it was replaying itself but I was so fortunate enough to see that replay it's of all the things i've seen and i've seen a lot of human ghosts and i've seen a lot of negative things that um evil things i can't explain that certainly aren't human but this was probably the most bizarre out of all of them because the time it took for it to run from the field across the road and underneath my car was probably a couple of minutes and my eyes were transfixed on it and it was the most stunning ghost animal I've ever seen and um, uh, just a crazy experience and I can remember every detail of it it was just amazing so you know ghost animals exist right over to you Simon another one for you um, I was staying with my sister um, many quite a few years ago 20 years ago probably and um, sleeping in the guest room, which I'd never really liked. I, I found her house quite spooky, generally. Um, and I woke up in the middle of the night, um, and there was someone's face, like, six inches away from mine. Oh, no thanks. And when I said, well, I knew who it was, actually. It was my grandfather. Um, who I was very, I'd always been very close to, and um, you know he'd he'd been like a surrogate dad because um, my parents lived abroad, and he used to look after, well, he and my grandmother used to look after me, and it was his face, and he was dead, um, which I, I thought I was dreaming, so I kind of tried to shake myself awake and had another look. And it was still there, but it was like floating in space like that. He wasn't saying anything, he was just looking at me. And I was thinking, oh, I must be dreaming this, because this can't be happening. <laughs> yeah, floating head. Because um, you, you always think that, don't you? It's, it's like, when it's happening, you sort of you think, this can't be happening, because it's just so weird. Or, or it's so weird, you don't really have even time to, to process it. Anyway, I got up and went downstairs to make a cup of tea. I put the kettle on. Um, and she's got an argo with, you know, like a, a, a kettle you put on the hot plate. It takes ages to get hot. Mm. And I was standing there um, thinking about what I'd just seen, trying to work out whether it had been a dream or not. And it was around about this time of year, actually. And I, you know, a lot of this stuff does happen around this time of year because the theory about Halloween is that um, it's when the veil is very thin mm -hmm. and it's it's easier for things to pass through and for stuff to happen and um i get a lot of these kind of experiences around this time of year and it was it was about it was the end of october you know like up, around about now and um 
I, I heard this clink. Um, and I thought, what's that, what's that? And there's this like, sort of rhythmic clink. And um, I turn around and one of the mugs um, hanging off the Welsh dresser on, on a hook was swinging to and fro. And, mm. and while I was watching it, it started to swing more. It wasn't slowing down. It was actually starting to swing more. And it was hitting the mug next to it. Um, I thought, that's really odd. Oh, that's really odd. Um, and it freaked me out because it was obviously, there's obviously something weird, weird going on. And I, I went over to look at it. And I, when I was looking at it, it slowed down and stopped. And then I turned around and my grandfather was sitting in this funny little chair that my sister's got in her um, kitchen. It's like a little kid's chair almost, like a little orange chair. And he was sitting in it. And it was solid. And I said, hello. I mean, like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he said, hello back. And I said, oh, well, you can speak. He said, well, of course I can speak. What's the matter with you, stupid boy? And, and we had a conversation. We had a whole conversation um, about all sorts of things and about all sorts of things that I'd always found didn't quite add up. And, um, and, I, and I asked him, and I said, look, do you mind if I ask you like a really direct question? What, what happened with so-and-so and what, what were you doing there and blah, blah, blah. And, and he sort of, he got quite annoyed actually because um, he didn't like talking about it, but he, he answered the questions. And I know we spoke for about 15 minutes and uh, the mug started to click again, and I, and I looked around to look at the mug, look back at the chair, and it gone. Mm. That again, it. that's to have that length of interaction. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird. Is it is weird? So weird. I mean, after it had happened, I, I sort of went back to bed thinking that that could that couldn't have, what just happened there. That, yeah. that couldn't have happened. Did you? It's. It's a tough one. Was you was you at any point scared, or did you feel comfortable because you knew who it was? Or, well, yeah, up until the point that he had, that I actually saw him, I, I was feeling quite freaked out. I was feeling quite freaked out by seeing his face upstairs, yeah, and by the the, the cup tinking, and it, it just sort of felt. I knew there was something very strange going on. I didn't know what it was, but when I saw him, because you know. I loved him and had known him all my life and all that kind of thing. It's like, oh, there you are. And I sort of forgot that he was dead. Mm. It's like welcoming an old friend, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, it just absolutely, it's, it's, life is very, very weird. It is very, very weird. Right, Freddie. Well, no, I just wanted to ask one very quick one for Simon. Now, you say that it's Halloween time. We're recording this in Halloween times and that the vow is very thin. Have we, in the last, in the run-up to this year, have you had anything strange happen? Well, uh, there are always strange things happening to me. Um, I haven't sort of, I, I haven't been conscious, I haven't consciously seen a fully formed ghost or anything that, that I've noticed over the last few days. What has happened though, was that I was walking through Richmond Woods in, in the park um, where Henry VIII used to go hunting um, the other day with my dog. And I suddenly became, I suddenly felt like there were about 300 people behind me, mm. like in a big V. Yeah. I felt like, I felt like the Pied Piper. <laughs> you know, it's, I, it, it's, it just suddenly felt like there were a load of souls who were following me. And I think actually that a, a load of them follow me around all the time. I just kind of don't, pay attention but but i started thinking about it and i sort of thought oh my god there are so many of them and you can sense when things are busy you don't and, have and to see it's to like i walk along and then stop and turn around and it's like they all stopped as well and just stood there and then i walked and they walked so i i think that at the moment it's 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 extremely um easy to connect and um to, in fact it's happening right now um and, and i try not to do this as much as i can because it's so distracting and it really freaks me out um because it's like opening a door to a 
tube train or something that's full. It's like they always come flooding out. It's like once you let them, it's yeah, they like they don't feel orderly queue. Yeah. Right, Freddie, you lived as a child in a haunted house. Tell us. Well, the I can story. give you, I can give you a story or two from there, but I think as well before I I do that, I think that there's been a a real increase recently with people encountering things in their home and I think that has a lot to do with lockdown I think people are spending times in their home that they haven't done and have become so in, in tune with their surroundings that they have really started to notice a lot of things and I've noticed that there's been a real increase and it's just where a, a calling out to anyone who's listening I'd be really keen to hear have you noticed um an increase if you're in somewhere that is already you know you, you consider haunted has there been an increase since you've been at home or have you noticed things since you've been at home i think the energy as well because people go to work all day there's not that energy build up in there i think there's been a lot to, that has factored into that mm. as well it's just the point that i was thinking about when you mentioned um about lots of people and it just popped into my head so I will talk to you very, very briefly about my my childhood home. So I was brought up by my nan and granddad, and we lived in a very, very old house in St. Osif. It's one of the oldest um, mm. houses. It used to be the bakery to the village, so it was. Um, it's had a lot of people pass through there over the years. Now, um, my nan and granddad experienced things in the house which led them to kind of look into the history and, and what had happened so they could get a bit more of an understanding. And on doing the history, found that there had been a fire in the bakery which had killed the baker and his three daughters. And it all coincided with their stories just because my granddad was seeing these three little girls um, playing around the house and was seeing a, a man in the house. So it all kind of coincided with that. I think one of my earliest memories of my one of my first experiences with with you know the paranormal is it there was a, a, a it was a very big garden big country garden Nan was very proud of it and we'd often go out there and and tend to it and that's where I got my green fingers from and I was I, I was very young I I couldn't even wager a guess at this point of how young I was but I can remember and we're pottering around and my bedroom window used to overlook the garden. And I've, lo I've looked up and I've said, oh, oh, Nan, who, who's that? Who's in the house? Who's in my room? And clear as day, there, there's a, just a girl's face just peering from, you know, from the window, just, look, just looking out quite curiously. I'm quite young and naive and I'm thinking, oh, goodness. Someone's come around to play. Oh, friends come to play. You know, I was, I was an only child, so it was quite nice at the thought of having a bit of company. Well, with that, Nana's whisked me up under her arm and, and run, run me into the house and, and put me in the front room and said, just stay there. Don't move. Just stay there. And to, to get upstairs, there's, there was a door with a big latch. You'd have to push the latch up, and yank it open, and it, was, it would spiral up. And you can, I could hear her go up the stairs. And there was more than one person upstairs. Yeah you could hear that there was somebody else up there because you could hear my nan approaching and this other person moving around. And I could hear nan, you know, speaking to it, saying, no, you have to go now. You know, not here. And and she just come back down and went, okay, come on. And, and off we went back into the garden. And it was it was almost as if it never happened. I mean, nan was always very open with me, not at that age, um, but very open with me about, this world and would never hide anything from me and in time kind of told me more and more things that would happen but it you know quite often at the bathroom was downstairs you know I would be in the bath and you know granddad had passed away so it was just me and nan nan would be upstairs in her bedroom she she'd take her sleeping tablets and that was her for the night and clear as it was as if there was another family living in the house yeah yeah and they would just go about their normal business and it was you'd sit in the bath and you would hear the door open close dub 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 As door time open it overlapped it completely overlapped and 
at, at times it was very scary because you felt like you was in somebody else's space. Mm. And um, that, that wasn't a, a welcome feeling. I think I think another time as well that really frightened me and it's actually stuck with me now. I have I don't like reflective surfaces. I don't like windows, mirrors. Mm, mm. It's like it was quite late at night and I felt very very uneasy. Um, but I was des I was so thirsty. I was desperate for a drink. But my bedroom is the furthest room away from the kitchen. I have to walk through the whole house to get to the kitchen. And on my journey there, I'm thinking I can't. Something's not right. Something's not right walking through and the atmosphere is thick you're like swimming through it and you just think i just need to get there and i'm thinking do i just close my eyes and do it and i'm thinking no i have to see where i'm going and in the kitchen there was all glass units uh, the moon was very bright that night as well and that's what kind of made it so reflective and i opened the cupboard pulled out a glass and when i closed the cupboard there was a man stood behind me in the reflection and I just that stood, I just stood, <laughs> it was, it's player. real horror movie stuff. I just stood with my hand on the cupboard door and I'm looking and I'm thinking, you need to, you need to go now. You, like, this is not okay. You're, you're frightening me. I'm not saying this, but I'm thinking this and I'm thinking you just need to turn around and I turn around and there's nothing there. And I think, oh, fine. And as I swing my head back round, he still stood behind me and I just leave the glass and go. I think it's not even worth it. And I just laid Straight in bed. All, I just laid in bed all night gasping, nearly weeing me pants. It, was, it wasn't a nice experience. And that's that stayed with me. And I don't like um, mirrors or anything. I don't like anything reflective because of that. It's, it's really stayed I've with got, me. I've got a kind of short one for you. Go which, on, yes. Come on then. Um, I've just remembered about when Christine, my wife, and I moved into a new flat in a place called River Gardens, next door to Chelsea um, Football Club, not Chelsea, um, Fulham Football Club, right next door to it. Um, about a, a week or 10 days after we moved in, um, and, and the, the flat used to be owned by um, a guy who was a sort of like um, mentor, guru, hypnotist, kind of shamanic Reiki healer type of bloke. And um, I, I, weirdly, Christine's um, secretary at work was a client of his. Okay. So it's kind of without, without, without him, her realising. Um, and about 10 days after we moved in, um, Christine had been sleeping next door because apparently I'd been snoring really loudly, so she'd gone and slept in the next bedroom. <laughs> and... I was woken up by her jumping into bed and it's like, Oh, what, what, what? And, um, she said, Oh my God, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And she just pulled the covers over her head. And when she did that, two things happened. One, I felt the weight of somebody sit on the bed. It wasn't her, Ooh. but I felt the weight of someone sit on the bed. It's like, and the bed went down like that. And I, it's like it was sitting on my feet. So I couldn't move. And then the temperature in the room, dropped 20 degrees centigrade because i said oh my god and as i said oh my god my breath came out it was like condensing because <laughs> it was so cold i mean it's like something out of the exorcist yeah yeah and my nose went freezing cold and um i said to her what's going on she said i don't know she said something came and sat on my bed i thought it was a cat but then i remember we haven't got a cat <laughs> <laughs> And, and I don't know, but it's really freaky. So I, I came in here because I couldn't move. I thought, I, was, I think I'm having a dream. And I said, oh, you know, like, it's really cold in here. And it was it was like a it was like a freezer. And that happened in about 10 seconds. It just, yeah, we had the central heating on, but it just it felt this <coughs> cold in, <coughs> in the, sorry, I'm making me cough for some reason. Um, and we both sat there, terrified out of our minds not 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 be able to move and then this 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 weight went and the bed went up again and it sort of got off my feet and then the temperature went up again and it went back to normal mm. and that was it and it never happened again strange isn't it right Simon. Um, no idea who it was or, or what it was i mean didn't have time to think about it but it was obviously a spirit um Come maybe 
you know, maybe in. somebody who had um, lived there before, who su subsequently died, or maybe died died while they're living there. Don't know. Mm. But it was. I mean, we both experienced it. <coughs> right, Simon. Our kind of time is running short, but we must get in this story from you. Um, the choir boy story. Oh, now, yeah. This is an absolute must for, for, for tonight. And I know it's going to take a little bit of time. So it, 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 let's it is. end it's, it's, with this it, real creeper. It's not, it's not something that happened to me directly, but it's yeah. a story that I heard, which um, is so weird. It is really worth telling. Um, and the story is that, I think this actually happened, but um, uh, I'm not 100% sure of the details or the name of the school or whatever. could have been my school because we had a music director and this guy was a very ambitious music director who had a fantastic choir. <coughs> and the he, t he tended to um, encourage... Um, boys before their voice broke um who uh, um who sang very high you know the descant um who had beautiful angelic voices and um he was very proud of the fact that um he had this choir with these with these boys who um you know were sort of international standard um classical music singers um and they'd, they'd sing things like Dies Irae and um, Annius Dei and, uh, you know, all those classical things for, for a sort of, um, for a, a young boy's voice. Um, and this weird thing started to happen where the boys would um, die of, of something just before their voices broke and, and and they would die at the school in very mysterious circumstances that no one could, no one could explain like they'd sort of die in their sleep um be found dead in the woods um or just disappear uh, um and obviously it started to attract a lot of um uh, police attention and it started to point towards the music director who was a very keen organist. And um, they had a full-size church organ um, in the school with those massive long pipes, you know, the sort of, they have the, the smaller ones for the mm. higher notes and then the really long ones for the deep notes. Um, I mean, it's a massive thing. And, and you have all those stops that you pull out and the pedals yeah. and you have like two keyboards and the pedals and all the stops and this most amazing machine. Um, and um, was run run by a big sort of fan, basically, that would blow wind through the pipe. So when you press, press the key, it would blow wind through the pipe. And um, the music director, who I think, I think his name was John something, um, was very proud of his, um, you know, his, his, his church organ. Um, and um, well, he's very proud of his organ, nudge, nudge. Or, um, <laughs> I was thinking that. I thought, don't say anything, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, people commented on the fact that, that the higher notes in the organ sounded really angelic and they sounded almost like a boy's voice. You know, it's so pure. And people said it's uncanny because it's, it, sounds like, um, it sounds like a young boy singing. And he'd sort of nod and go... Um, well, you know, we're very blessed here. We have those fantastic um, um, uh, instrument, and um, it's, it's just incredible how it sounds. I'm so proud of it. And um, over the years, the um, church organ sounded more and more like a human voice singing. And eventually, he was investigated. And they looked into um, the death of the boys, which started to be connected back to him. And it turned out that he had been responsible for murdering all these boys at the school. And what he was doing was that he was removing their vocal cords and putting them into the organ and making this incredible um, angelic noise, voice, tune with the boys' vocal cords. So he, he, he was killing the boys, taking out their vocal cords, 
and, and putting them into the um, uh, the vibrating part of the the flute of the of the of the of the of the organ pipes. And so when he played the keyboards, he was actually playing the boy's vocal cords. Oy. Was there any ghost stuff connected to that? Did anyone hear the voice, the, the boys sing? Did anyone see the boys after death? Was there anything ghostly connected to that? Well, the, 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 the thing about it was that it was so uncanny. I mean, you, you sort of want to tell the story with the sound of a church organ playing underneath yeah. it to yeah. really kind of get the atmosphere. But um, people would often comment on how, how much like a real... Um, mm. Um, boy's voice the organ sounded like um that that as far as i'm aware that was that was the only thing i'm, I'm sure the boys were were around there in spirit but um, um that was the twist it was, it was the sound it was the sound of the organ and he eventually had so his, his whole choir in an organ yeah his whole choir were in, were in the pipes <gasps> oh that's a that's a good movie yeah, that's a good. Yeah, Some, that, you that, may, you that may want to uh, movie, tap yeah. into that. It's you there. Oh, there's a long, there's a long queue. I tell you. <laughs> right, so that's a great episode for our Halloween week. We've had some really good ghost stories. We've had some different, totally different stuff, haven't we? Yeah, some really, some. It's nice just to speak and not, not and be talk, there and yeah. not have a structure or, or anything like that. That was. I, I think that. everyone's got a ghost story. In them everyone's well. got yeah. it. And if they yeah. haven't got a personal one, then Nan. We'll have yeah, one yeah, the next or, door neighbor, but yeah. you know everyone yeah. has one, and that's why I think there's so many people who don't believe. And I think, but hang on, if I said, "Can you tell me something weird and amazing?" They'll be able to turn around and say, "I can remember one time I was." Da, da, yeah. da, da, da. I'd, love to, I'd love to hear the stories of people who are listening to this about their ghost stories. Yeah, we all, we always encourage people to kind of write into us. Let us know what's going on. I mean, what a lot well, of people... come on the have... show as a guest and yeah, tell us. come and tell us. Story, yeah. What a lot of people have started to do is uh, send us or tag us in stuff on Twitter and things of things that they've filmed in their house. And there's, yeah. oh, there's some weird and wonderful things on there. There was one that I um, had the other day and they felt something really strange was happening. And again, they felt, at, you know, not at ease. So very cleverly took their phone out and was asking and talking and asking questions. And it's not until they've played it back. Well, they go to walk into the kitchen. They've shortened the clip right down so you can hear the end of what they're saying. And then clear as day, it almost like being shouted, this voice booming. I slowed it right down. Initially, it sounds like, hello. But I slowed it right down, and for me, it sounds like, look at them, look at the, like, but it's really, really loud, but it's very quick, mm. and it's not this person's voice. He assured me that there was nobody else in the house with him at the time. Do you know what I mean? And this, this is just a normal it person. It goes on all the time, every day, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think sometimes people maybe are not even looking for it, so they might not necessarily notice the small the small signs. So I think if you take anything from this episode is to keep an open mind, keep your eyes open, because if it's ever going to happen, it's going to happen this week. So. Well, yeah. Right. I, I no, wanted no, to no, end I, it on a creepy note, and then you come in. Right. <laughs> so. No, I know, I would have said it would happen in October, I'd have say. Certainly this week's is Halloween week, but yeah, October generally. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for ending that on a creepy note. So, thank you, Simon, for Fuck coming it. on. That's a great pleasure. <laughs> great fun as ever. Thank you, Simon. And, yes, guys, come back again. There's lots more to come. And we'll speak to you soon. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>